Hi, this is Runa and you're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast where we share tips, insight, tools and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Nisha Manek, welcome to the Chainsmakers podcast. You have a profile and you have a life that is just so interesting. I had to get you as a guest on on our podcast here uh, for many reasons. One of them is how you have been bridging science and spirit into the world and your wisdom around setting intention and your wisdom around just, uh, where do I begin really? You know, here I am, here I am sitting in Iceland. You are, actually I know that I'm talking to you in the middle of the night for you, and we are about, I get that feeling that we are about to talk about something that's going to be revolutionary different for me and for everyone that is going to be listening to this. So, Nisha, this was a very strange introduction. Welcome to the Changemakers Podcast. <laughs> well, good morning. Good morning, Runa. You know, and a happy Monday. And it is early in the morning in California. It's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking over to the Pacific Ocean. There are squid boats, mm-hmm. like a string of jewels, right in the horizon. They're twinkling away. And I do apologize for lack of picture, but you and your listeners or uh, people who join this would see a very dark silhouette. And I thought, well, but, but thank you for that. You're right. You know, this whole notion of intention an old idea, an ancient idea is taking shape again. And why? Because there's an acceleration in whole of society, all over the world. Something has happened that on the one hand, we had to retreat indoors. Can you imagine every single society, Mumbai to Nairobi to Los Angeles, to Reykjavik, Iceland? Oh, yeah. So so just by showing up this morning, my intention is showing up also. Mm -hmm. Runa's intention is showing up by being there present, alive, and hosting this. So our intentions are in full view all of the time. What I wear, what I eat, how I talk, what decisions I'm taking right now is my intention. All right. But here's the other clue to intention, which really in my early morning meditation, it hits you because it's so fresh and so vital. Mm -hmm. Intention is your divine tool. God given tool. Now you may call it, you know, willpower and choices and all of that. But ultimately, intention is your laser like tool what choice you're going to make and then you get into the nitty-gritty of the how Mm -hmm. once you know it's divine tool just imagine the power that you have you know it calls to mind 
first of all, know thyself, that wonderful tool that Master Jesus says, know yourself, know, know your deepest desires, okay? And then link up with the divine will, thy will be done. And so I'm a medical doctor, my profession. And when I said Nairobi, I'm from Kenya originally. I was born and raised on the equator, actually. And so um, long, 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 long story short, um, I went to medical school in Scotland and did medicine in London and all of that. And, and, and you know, a doctor's life is very much like um, Sherlock Holmes. We are in the investigative field. We are truly in a relationship with a patient, and I don't like to call them patients. We're in a relationship. They're my client, and they're saying, tell me what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's going on. And so we both actually look at their life, look at their symptoms, and try like a puzzle, fit it together. So I'm a sleuth. Okay, so in that investigation, our intentions play a part. Okay, I ask questions, they fill in the gaps. I ask more questions. We're in an investigation and we start to fill in the jigsaw puzzles. Mm -hmm. I fill in the data, okay, from uh, the blood testing, mm -hmm. from imaging, and that, that piece of information sort of um, underneath all of that are more deeper layers. And for me as a doctor, this pandemic has shown the biggest gap of all, that we thought that chemistry and biochemistry is everything. Mm -hmm. And Runa, it showed me that it isn't enough. Yeah. That the coronavirus we leaned into the old knowledge of SARS-CoV-1, you know, in 2002 and three, we had some knowledge of the coronavirus. We went full on, at least in America, we went full on into respiratory diseases and we were completely mistaken. It was just the beginning. Now we're realizing many, many more things about, mm -hmm. things about it. But this, um, this pandemic has really shown how prepared we are, how much we are doing the chemical and the radiology milieu, but ultimately it comes also into the emotional realms, into the societal preparedness realms. We have had a great decision as a society to go indoors to protect the elderly and the medical systems. And now we are re-emerging out again mm -hmm. into society as the changed, you know, we, we, we've changed as a society. I think you're about to ask me a question. Before I reel off into what I think might be one of the big lessons, I want you to just ask me your questions. No, I think that that's a great question. What do you actually see is when you say, things are changed. What do you see now that things are opening up a, a, a little bit in the US, yeah. depending yeah. on states and places? Um, what do you see is going to be different? 
one of the things that happened in the great pause, I call it the great pause. You know, we yeah. were all indoors. My clinic was in hiatus. Many doctors were in hiatus and many did take the choice to go out and help certain hospitals. I took the different route to, to cohere, to go inside and strengthen the intentional practice. Mm -hmm. um, and when I looked at the research in the Great Pause, what was going on out there, um, when people retreated indoors, one of the things that happened was when you look at Google searches for prayer, the mm -hmm. Pew Research says it skyrocketed. It just went through the roof not just in America, I'm talking worldwide. They collected data from many, many levels around USA, but there was actually Denmark, University of Copenhagen. Yeah. 75 countries, they collected data. It's ongoing. And it's the Department of Economics at University of Copenhagen. Uh -huh. And they show that spirituality took root this is where doctors, we don't go in there. We're talking about chest x-rays and yeah. oxygen levels, but mm -hmm. something else was taking shape underneath. Yeah. yeah. People are taking charge, Runa. It's about time. Oh, yeah. Because we hoist on the expertise of the medical community, and it's, it's necessary. I, that's a very important part mm. of well-being. But well-being is emotional health, well-being is economic health, well-being is tied to spiritual work. Yeah. There's a strong correlation. No matter what you say, you can define spirituality this way or this way, you know, how many times you pray or do you go to church. I say intention is related. We don't measure intention. And this is where, you know, William Tiller He's the professor of physics at Stanford, retired, mm -hmm. but his work around subtle energies and intention was so gripping for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the physics language, but something told me to pay attention. Mm -hmm. This is where intuition is also a spiritual tool. It served me well. I paid attention and gave meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Give meaning to those intuition and hunches. So this is another clue to your listeners. When you have a hunch about something, stop for a moment, take a deep breath, stand back and give it meaning and it will reveal mm. its truth to you. Okay. So, so, so can you give me an example of giving it a meaning? So you get yes. a, so you like, uh, so just um, what coming up in my mind, um, I got a hunch just a couple of days ago, I was applying for a fund and I got a hunch saying, ah, I'm not going to get it. Mm. So that hunch, so I actually what did content over that. Yes. What was the hunch? Uh, what was the funding it, it, for? It, the funding for, was for uh, the, uh, the normal boxes movement that we are, uh, putting out there and uh, giving people the, well, basically we are giving them the space, the safe space to open up their boxes. You know how we're all programmed and we go into boxes and say, ah, oh, people that are doctors are this and people who come from Africa are that. And people, you know, we, we do this all the time. We're constantly creating 
us versus them. And now in the society that we're living in, it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So we want to give people the opportunity to, to look at the, the boxes that they put themselves into and they're putting other people into. So the whole normal boxes methodology and lifestyle is about being more aware. It's about having self-regulations. It's about mm-hmm. understanding that it's just a program uh, and how we can even deprogram what is there. And yeah. So I'm, I'm, I think the whole notion of intention to be such an interesting way to, to explore, can we, can we use intentions to change our habits and rituals? Because this is oh, all preformed thinking and listening and reacting that we're doing. Yes. We are very wise, first of all, because you're saying no more boxes. Let's so first of all, already you're shining a light onto our preformed habits. Yeah. They were given to us by cultures, societies, and they're not ours. We've just no. hoisted them and we pretend and we don't know. It's an unconscious thing. And so but we're we, there and we do it. Yeah. yeah. What you're doing is very wise. You're shining a light on a darkness. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's in the mind, it's already happening, Mm -hmm. almost like Mm -hmm. a reflex. Boom, it's there. Yeah, once you take a light and shine on the darkness, your love comes in. It's a a form of love, and once you shine, then now you have a choice, you have an intention that can play out, not to play within the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's how it happened for me. Yeah, and you know, medicine, we've, we've said that medicine is about investigation, about sleuthing, about looking at the truth of a patient's disease. So here I am in a very prominent medical center, and, and I'm telling you, it's one of the top in the world. Mm-hmm. And something told me, and it was an intuition Mm-hmm. about this is not the end of the story. Just we're not a bunch of biochemicals. Medicine is stuck in chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's a box. Yeah. It's my box. Yeah. I look at chemistry all day long, Runa. Yeah. I do very conscious, I think very conscious decisions, intention of taking a blood test and saying to my patient, I'm going to look for this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take an x-ray of your chest and your, your joints and this, this, and this, I'm a rheumatologist. Mm -hmm. Is that the end of the story? Of course not. Yeah. But that was the paradigm and is the paradigm. Yeah. And I was boxed in. Then one day I read a paper by Bill Tiller. And it turned me, I mean, first of all, I couldn't understand it. Okay, Runa. So when you had a hunch that they couldn't fund your box idea, I had a hunch that when I took Bill Tiller's idea, I couldn't understand it. But if I took his paper to the chairman of my department, Mm -hmm. I had a hunch he wouldn't believe me. And that's exactly what happened. He said, Nisha, I will not, I don't know what this means. And I said, please give me six months to investigate this. He says, let me think it over. And he did. I, I give him full marks for that. He comes back to me and says, 
you have no pay, nothing, but I'll give you six months. We've never done this in the history of our department. So he gave me a little, little window in the box. Yeah. He said, you go and, but you must come back. If you don't come back, you will not have your chair. You will not have your office. And I said, thank you. Literally packed up my, my apartment in a, in a weekend and I took off in my Jeep. I drove across the country to Arizona and I said, I am going to go for this. I want to bash this box once and for all. Fortunately, Bill Tiller agreed to investigate the box with me. Yeah. And we, first of all, I went with the idea of energy medicine. And, you know, he said, Nisha, you know, chemical medicine, you know, energy medicine, but we're going to smash the box all together and go into information medicine. And that's intention based. Yeah. Okay. Because when I, when I prescribe a chemical, a, a drug for my patient, I'm just changing a chemical potential. And he said, you know, and when you bring the energy in, you do Tai Chi and Qigong and yoga and all of that, that is very powerful. And it's true. You will augment and drive the chemical potential. But he said, but you know, your intention is a whole nother level, whole other level that, over trumps and shines a bigger light on the energy systems and the chemical systems. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to know the science, the physics. Now my box was totally smashed. I thought, wait a second, what's this information medicine? Okay. I'm going to stop there. So we know those boxes exist. We know the boxes in societies and our own families exist, but you and I, are the leaders now. We have to be teachers. We're not students anymore. We mustn't be students anymore. We, Runa and me, Nisha, are teachers. And so we take that responsibility. We are putting our hand up, me as a medical doctor and Runa as somebody who's powerful, awake, and is going to go on a moped around Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. You just brought something up that um, we didn't talk about before I pressed, we talked about before I pressed record. But yeah, it's true. Tell me again. Tell me again. Well, here's the thing. For me, to to do this with my two girlfriends, and we we talk about here we are, three middle-aged uh, girlfriend who are leaving our boxes saying that you can't do something because you're not physically shaped into something or mm-hmm. that you are, you have this age or whatever. We're, what we're doing is we're going to, we call it roll around Iceland uh, for 14 days. We're going to be on electric scooters and electric vehicles rolling around Iceland. We're going to be giving Iceland virtually showing people who can't come to Iceland this summer because of the consequences of COVID or other reasons, we're going to give them the opportunity to experience the trip with us virtually. And Mm -hmm. for us, it is about, it's, it's twofold. It's obviously to, to make a difference in our community, to show what is, what, what's going on in, in a country like Iceland. 
that's that, that's number one and using technology but number two for me personally to do this is to be is to inspire people to um take a look at the box that they are in and mm -hmm. realize that the box is only a box if you believe its existence mm. the moment you do you don't believe in a box the box doesn't exist but i'm talking about really deep so really they're all made up they're all made up not even by you not even by me like you mentioned earlier it is about something way back when and if we and it's really our responsibility to look at it and say am i gonna continue bringing forth that box right so <clears throat> it is about time to radically yeah look at ourselves so you shine the laser onto yourself it's a very kind thing to do actually hmm. okay so yeah. it's not forceful it's powerful it's very powerful. Force and power. Okay. Yeah. When you force things, doesn't work. Yeah. But when you bring your laser like love to yourself and say, let me examine this, mm -hmm. then you have a chance. You have a that. chance to, to shift. And whenever you've forced anything, and so many teachers have shown this over the eons, you know.